welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place. Land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm chatting to James Gibson at Arbury Afloat. James is the loveliest man. He exudes warmth, friendliness and absolute passion for food and chef life. Originally from Leeds, James got into the kitchen as a way to get out of school and he hasn't looked back. After six years working for the Arbury crew and working his way up through the ranks, he's now executive chef of Arbury and Afloat, the seasonal venue on the Yarra. This year afloat is afloat viva Mexico, or perhaps I should say viva Mexico. And James joined the team on a research trip to, to Mexico to source the best of the best to bring back to a potentially hot Melbourne summer. Afloat opened for the season a week ago and the balmy weather has already come to the party. There are cocktails on tap and an extensive menu of tacos, raw dishes, tortas and tostadas. I can highly recommend the mojito and the Baja fried fish taco, and I'm already looking forward to going back for even more. Lovely to meet you. Hello. How are nice you? Today. Yeah. yeah. So, and what perfect weather. I know, like, how looking. Um, so, did you, you're saying you went, the team went to Mexico? Yeah, we went for three weeks. Yeah. We went to five different cities in Mexico. It was, it was the first time I've been invited on one of the research trips. I love that they do that. Um, honestly, indispensable, you know? Like, the, what we gained while we were over there, I didn't even realise how much I was gaining until I came back and started writing the menu and I was, everyone was asking me what I was going to do and it, the picture was just so clear in my mind yeah. I, and it, I, I don't know if it, would, it wouldn't have been the same venue without it yeah. so a huge bonus for us, for me in the kitchen and obviously they send the venue manager as well and then everyone above us so yeah. it was amazing. So what, what are some highlights, well, where, where did you go, what are the five places? So we went to, first we went to Tulum and Tulum was it's a bit more Americanized. Um, it's still, uh, it's still Mexican. They still have Mexican food, but you know, it sort of plays to the tourists that are coming in. And then after that, we went to Oaxaca, which is the home of mezcal. Yeah. Uh, and we saw people make mezcal. Uh, it's also the home of mole, um, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of mole. Yeah. Uh, after that, it was Guadalajara, which was really good, uh, which is obviously close by te- tequila. And then after Guadalajara, we went to Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, well, yeah. Baja. Yeah. You know, because, you know, honestly, we went there to try the perfect fish taco because I wanted to put a Baja fried fish taco on the menu. Thank you. It's my favorite. Yeah. Um, it's, well, it's a lot of people's favorite here as well <laughs> now. Um, so, but it was a long flight just to try a taco, but it was worth it. Yeah. Um, and what? then after that, it was Mexico City. Yeah, wow. So I've got friends, I've got Mexican friends, and yeah. um, and hearing them talk about going back home, and um, and one guy was talking about like a whole cow buried, like cooked in the ground, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and yeah. making the tacos from that. And did you see? Were there things that surprised you? Oh, 100 percent, absolutely. Yeah. Every, everything took us by surprise. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole pig or the, sorry, the whole lamb or the whole cow buried, the barbacoa style, where yeah. they 
cover it in rocks and then just leave it to cook overnight. It's fantastic. Obviously, we can't do that here on the river. <laughs> um, I wish, but yeah, I have put a barbacoa style dish on the menu. Yeah, but it's just pot roasted, but it's it's still like very quite synonymous with how they do it. Is it what region? What we? So the, the barbacoa, uh, it's sort of like, it doesn't, I'm not, honestly, I'm not 100% sure where it originates. Yeah, yeah. We ate really good barbacoa just outside of Mexico City, though. Yeah, I'm feeling like that's what they were talking yeah. about, too. Yeah, yeah just outside yeah. of Mexico City. Yeah. We met some guys in a plate factory there, and they took us around the area, and yeah, fantastic barbacoa. And if you'd thought about making tacos before your trip, um, how different is your idea of tacos having been to Mexico? Oh substantially different you know like you, you think about for me obviously I've never been before all everything I was taking from was restaurants around Melbourne and you know it's not at all you go to Mexico and you get a tortilla and they slap on some slow-cooked meat and then that's it and then they send you off to your table and then they've got these veritable selections of um, condiments and uh, salsas and all this sort of stuff and just the usability of that was really interesting and it's, definitely something we try to implement in the menu here yeah uh, but honestly it was it was really different you know you don't get these uh, really complex tacos like if no. you, I feel like you know you go to obviously no crispy taco shells as well yeah but you go to a more Tex-Mexy sort of place over here and it's it's uh, it's a lot more complex you know and we wanted to really just simple good ingredients done well so I, I, I spoke to a guy over in Brunswick mm -hmm. who has Los Hermanos, I don't even know if that's still going, but anyway, he was saying too that he's Mexican and that um, it's commonplace, you know, Mexicans know which sauce goes with which taco and, and it's, a, yes. it's a particular one. Yeah. And they would just have them like open salsa and sauces out, but yeah. we can't do that here. No. It's sort of, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's such a shame because, and that was really a directive that I received was, we want to bring that Mexican feel of you can customize your own tacos and put the right stuff on and then try stuff out. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we can't imagine how much salsa we'd be throwing away. Yeah, um, yeah. But we do have a chef selection taco plate and then you get a condiment tray along with it. Yeah. With like multiple different uh, salsas and um, like a pico de gallo and a chipotle salsa. Uh, burnt tomatillo and stuff like that and so people can have a bit of fun with it you know yeah just trying to bring it the feel but not also waste too much and uh, <laughs> exactly cost too right. much exactly right yeah yeah that's so much fun because i think and i think that's the whole thing with arbury or with float is it's really capturing an essence as well an experience and i think um mm. especially with this balmy weather i think if i can already see it's gonna be it's gonna be a big summer here isn't yeah. it yeah. it's always a big summer here. yeah yeah and i think honestly the um the guys who set this place up and they did the design work, I think they've really done a sensational job. It's so colourful, it's so yeah. vibrant, you know. When we were in Tulum, I was thinking, I'm not sure how much we're going to take from here, but then uh, it's all in the design, you know, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Mexico. I haven't yet I, got there, but I yeah. think you should definitely yeah. go. Although I did, I drank some of the tap water on the first night. I oh, know. Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. I oh, know. How long did the... Yeah, pretty much the whole thing, really. Mm. I think for the last four days, I was um, I was up to it. But anyway, I persevered through. Oh my god! Um, couldn't miss out, you know. Oh no! <laughs> That's really like That's right. You've got to eat all the food, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, um, you've been with the group for a few years now, and you've worked your way up. Yeah. To... So six years. Yeah. I started at Arbury um, Chef to Party on yeah. the main section. Um, seems crazy now, honestly, and then just 
quickly, um, rose through the ranks. I was head chef up there maybe three years ago. And then uh, I just, I, you know, I spoke to the boss and I said, look, I really want a new challenge. Like, it's great up there. It's still challenging, but I want something to really develop myself. And that's when the sort of role of overseeing the two of them just, just came about. And it's, I mean, it's so incredibly exciting with this venue down here, um, how it changes every year. Uh, but also having to juggle that with, you know, liaising with my staff up there, it's, it's a really good challenge. And it's a big step up, isn't it? And I think, um, and I don't mean this in, in any kind of condescending way, but you look young, and so to be to be like the captain of, of the of the team, and um, I mean, you already you were head chef, but what what is your leadership style? Would you say with this is something team? that is actually one of my biggest driving factors. I think I really I just want people to want to come to work. I want them to want to work for me. If they want to come to work and work for me, they're going to work harder. They're going to work better. And so I feel like I'm very open. I, I, I am young, you know, and I'm probably a lot younger than most people in this role. So I, you know, I have to be reflective of the fact that these chefs who are maybe older than me, more experienced, they have a lot of stuff to give me, yeah. but I've got stuff to give them. And it's just that relationship. And that's the way that I manage them. And, and that's really my ethos, to be honest. Like, yeah. And I reckon that's like a, you know, it's the way of the world now, isn't it? To be con- considerate of other people and to work as a team and, and well-being is a yep. really big uh, 100% you know like part of it. we talk about how we structure the rosters and stuff like that here well, I mean when I started it was like every other hospitality business where you're doing doubles and singles and but now you know this huge shift towards people getting paid for what they're doing it's I think it's amazing and I 100% with all my heart believe that we get the same amount of staff same amount of stuff our staff when they do five eight hour shifts as when they're doing doubles because yeah. they're fresh they're energized they're engaged when they're here and i think that's that's what we want and they've got a better life outside of work as well yeah and exactly that's what right. we want for the team yeah that's and what i want for myself yep absolutely and there's <laughs> so, no reason why that's right that hospitality should mean i mean obviously hospitality it's evening work and it's all those things but yeah. you know it's about getting that balance, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I often think, too, that hospitality is about, you know, giving the diners and the public a really good time. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be at the, um, at you the know, cost of at the, the cost of the staff. Yeah, the staff. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, are you still on the pans? Are you still on the tools? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you know, this is the thing. And if I go three, four weeks, obviously going into opening a float, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of costing, a lot of writing, this and that. You know, you, you don't really get in the kitchen too easily. Uh, and then as soon as I get a shift back in the kitchen, throw yourself in the deep ends, I, that's, that's why I'm a chef, that's what I love. Mm. I love the stress, I love the pressure, uh, I love the drive, you know? So although I do really enjoy my role, those shifts where I'm in the kitchen and I'm on the main section or I'm running the pass, those are what really invigorate me. Yeah. And I read that it started early for you, so you were 16 when you yeah. started washing dishes and you worked out you enjoyed washing dishes more than school. Well, I think I liked anything more than school, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like absolutely anything. But yeah. definitely even washing dishes was much preferable, uh, yeah. which is a bit of a sign really, isn't it? The I think school's so. not the right thing. I think so. Um, As a teacher, I've got to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not for everyone, you know? No. It's not for everyone. And, and nor should it be, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, I... 16 and then after three months washing dishes it I didn't last long on the dishes I, I was already a bit bored of it I said right, what, what else have we got and I started making sandwiches and wraps 
because uh, it was in a production kitchen for a, a larger chain of San Fran style health food restaurants. Okay. Uh, so I was making the wraps and then one day the boss just came to me and was like, do you want to do this for a job? I was like, actually maybe I do. So moved me commie chef in uh, one of the flagship restaurants and after two years I was head chef. So. Wow. And what is it that you loved and I suppose still love about it? What, uh, 100% is the stress, it's the pressure, it's the adrenaline. Uh, I, I can't deny that. But also, I just love food. I love eating food, I love cooking food. The feeling when someone walks past and says, thanks chef, the meal was great. It's such a drive. You get one of those a week and you're driven for the whole week, honestly. I mean, fortunately, we do get more than one a week, but yeah. it's, uh, honestly, yeah. it's so rewarding, you know? Yeah. Or even, you know, a staff member comes in and tries the new menu and they go, wow, like, we want to sell that. The, the passion that we feel behind it, it's so motivating. I've just been listening to a podcast, I don't know if you've heard of Hugh Van Kylenberg, he's got a, um, a podcast called The Imperfects and he talks yeah. to different people about, I, I suppose, he also has the Resilience Project and so it's a lot about how, it's a lot of, a lot of honesty actually and I just listened to him in conversation with mm. Ben Shuri from Attica yep, yep. and Ben was saying that, um, that cooking is all about people and then if you don't like people, you probably can't be a great chef would you yeah. agree with that i think that's a very fair statement you know yeah and you know you can't if, if you're not managing the people right to do what you need them to do then it, how's it going to work out in the yeah. long run 100 percent, i agree uh you know we always joke as chefs about we're in the kitchen because we don't like dealing with customers um or at least i joke about that um but honestly when i get to the chance to talk to a customer or do a staff training i love it mm. i love it yeah and so you enjoy the stress, and in those moments of, I mean, obviously you can streamline everything in the kitchen, but mm. as you say, it's it's usually hot in the kitchen, and you've yeah. got deadlines, all that, mm. and you you're loving that. But how are you? How do you actually? Um, how do you get through? You know, a whole service of that high level of adrenaline. You know, you've got to have someone that is motivating and driving. You know, for me, I'm I feel like I'm the motivator always full of positivity you know take a break a 30 second break is not going to make any difference to someone waiting 20 minutes for their meal mm. take a break re recoup yourself you know and then motivate your team turn the fan off ask if anyone wants a drink you know it's it's all about just motivating you know and and motivating yourself as well to want to be there and do it yeah it sounds like you know it sounds like you are thinking of other people you're not just like i need a break no Everyone, no shut absolutely, up. Not, absolutely not it's a communal break yeah 100%, 100%. yeah because i also think that happy kitchens make happy um diners because i because yeah. i I haven't spoken about this for a while, but for a period of time, I was bringing this up in every conversation. But there's a book called like Water for Chocolate, and it's um, <coughs> the translation translation of a Spanish book where the woman who's cooking, whatever her emotions at the time of cooking are, the, the people eating the food then yeah. have this feeling of, and I and I do have that sense. Yeah. But um, yeah. you want to know that it's a harmonious kitchen, and I think that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I you want to be eating good food. Yeah. That's come from yeah. good places. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> um, so, what brought you to what brought you to Australia? What part you of know, England are you from? So, I'm from Leeds oh, in, okay. in the north of yep. England. Yeah. Um, I came to Australia originally for six months, uh, which is often the way. I was just going to say it's an off-told yeah, story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had no idea that I was going to stay this long, but I, after six months, I just knew that 
I, I couldn't go, so we, me and my partner, we did our farm work, picked lemons in Bundaberg. It was um, wow. excruciating, but oh also God. incredibly fun. You know, you're in the same situation with all these people. It was beautiful, like the, the, the camaraderie as well. It was like being in the kitchen. Everyone's on, in this hard situation, but they, they want to, they, you know, they got a joint goal. I and still it's great. think it's a weird, because I'm a New Zealander. Yeah. I don't have to do, like, of I'm not course, a resident yeah. or a citizen. I don't, like, well, I'm a resident, obviously, but I'm not a citizen. Yeah. yeah. And I, that farm thing, mm. it seems like a funny rule, but would you say it's worth, like, in retrospect, it's a good thing to do? For me, <laughs> for me, I would not exchange it wow. for unlimited work rights because I, I met one of my best friends there, you know, and it's because you're in that hard situation, you know, and it's just, it's great. I love it. Lemons and Bundaberg. I would have thought ginger, but. You, you would because of the ginger, yeah, uh, ginger like, ale, yeah, yeah. Um, no, there was a lot of ginger ale, but um, no, it was picking and lemons. And excruciating because it's hot or because you've got to very do a hot. certain amount? Very of... hot, long days. Yeah. It's very demanding. And then after that, I moved on to sweet potatoes. And I'm oh digging, digging sweet <laughs> potatoes. Now, that was actually, I wasn't sure because I'm very tall. I yeah. wasn't sure my back was going to last. Um, but you get used to it in the end. And like, you, are you paid... By the hour or by the yield? Uh, <laughs> lemons is by the yield, so the harder you work, the more you get. And then potatoes is by the hour. So pick your poison, really. Uh, but I guess it's kind of you're putting your brain on pause while you're doing that kind of job, and then you're just also enjoying being in Queensland. Exactly, and... exactly. You finish your shift, and you know, because beforehand I was in senior management roles as a chef. I know I was young, but I was. And but then in that job, you finish digging your potatoes, they blow the whistle, and you just sit back and you don't think about anything. Mm. You just think about getting back to the bar, to a jug of uh, very cheap beer, and, and that's it. Yeah. And then why Melbourne? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a tricky question. I don't want to offend anyone from Sydney or, or Queensland. I don't love the heat. Yeah. I, I, I like it when it's cold. Like in winter, I'm honestly the happiest when I get to wear a coat. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 40 degree days in Melbourne, they're, they're, they're tough days for me. Uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but on top of that, like just the food scene here, I've, I've never felt more at home anywhere. Never felt more at home anywhere else. Yeah. Amazing. And in terms of your, your passion and love for food, where, you know, obviously the Mexico trip was really inspiring. Um, where else do you get your inspiration? Are you on Instagram? Do you have cook... Well, you probably don't have cookbooks if you're... You know, do you have a... Oh, no, have I have you built of cookbooks. Yeah, heaps like... Heaps of cookbooks. You're definitely not going home, are you? you no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just bought an apartment like oh, there you go. four months ago. So, now you can yeah. line the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need uh, yeah, more storage, actually. Uh, no, I love cookbooks. Not necessarily to follow the recipes, but I, I love just... Uh, reading the ideas that everyone else has, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm a big reader, I'm a big reader. Like, yeah. Instagram is, I, I, I have it, but it's not really my thing, but nice. big reader. Yeah. Um, in terms of other inspiration, I mean, like, I, like that's why I'm in Melbourne. Yeah. Like, you just look around, you, every corner you turn, there's a new piece of inspiration. Every restaurant is doing something different, every pub is doing something different. And that's what I think is so amazing. Yeah. I looked at your Instagram, um, uh, and, and you're, not a big, you're not a big poster. No. But, <laughs> I, I keep being told I have to get better. <laughs> but I really was struck by, obviously, you're, a, you're really into your partner. I love that. It was that thing yeah, <laughs> that came yeah. through, but just so curious about life. I loved all the, it seemed like anywhere you were, you were just loving being there. And whether it was that old um, 
I don't know, some staycation or start yeah, going away yeah, somewhere on a weekend yeah. or something. And I think that's um, really important. You've got to hold on to the little things, you know? Yeah. Otherwise life will just get you down, you know? Like, it, like it, there's positive in everything, everywhere you go. Mm. You know, if it's a staycation for two days, that might be the best two days I had in, in three months, but... That's right, that's right. Honestly, I just, yeah. Uh, but I am a big traveller as well. I love to travel. Yeah. It's originally why we came here, you know? Yeah. I can't believe I've been just here now for <laughs> eight years, but I'm not sad about it. But like, yeah. uh, you know, I originally came because I love to travel and I want to see new places. So, yeah. But that's the great thing about Arbury. You know, we're such a seasonal venue. Yes. In winter, I could go and take six weeks off and the owners would say, fantastic, have a great time. Mm. So like, that's a really, really big benefit of working here as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all the times that I've dealt with the owners and the staff here, um, I mean, once they asked me to write about the river and about, um, you know, the relationship with the Wurundjeri people, yeah. um, the yeah. original uh, custodians on the land yes. that was never ceded. Yes. And, um, and I just, I really love that. I love that, that, that they're really into where they are, but they're really into, um, as you say, the research trips and, and really finding out... Yeah. Um, about the actual places picking wanna, the places apart yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and seeing just seeing the best in it yeah. and how we can bring that best here or yeah bring the best out of the river you know it's really great really fantastic so although we've you know we've established you're young and so on you have packed a lot in and um and you are you have got a you've got senior roles you've had senior roles what would your advice be to a young person starting off as a chef you know that's that's really funny and because and I always think back to when I first uh, suggested, yeah, maybe I want to, I want to, I want to become a commie chef in this restaurant. And the, it was actually one of the owners of the company came to me and said, "Just stop. Do you actually care about food? Do you actually have a passion for eating, for cooking? Like, do you see stuff uh, on this bench and say, what can I do with that?" He said, "You really have to have that passion. Otherwise, don't bother, because it's not easy. It's not hard. There's a lot of hard work ahead." if you have that passion then it would be un- like unbelievably rewarding for you and and that's sort of something that I've always I've, I think about regularly actually yeah you know? even now um, 14 years after he told me that but how do you cultivate that passion on the hard days like it's hard to always feel passionate absolutely 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 and you're saying it's the base it's the base yeah, 100% that's yeah. the base but 100% of course it's hard to motivate you know a few Christmases back, I was on the pass and I was just having the worst day ever. And I was banging my hands on the pass going, this is the worst Christmas I've ever had. But you know, you just have to look past those moments of frustration and just see like why you got into it. Yeah. You know, think, see past the frustration and the, and maybe you're disappointed in yourself and just look past that and think, how, why, did, why have I pursued this? Why did I decide to get into this? And just focus on that. Beautiful. Thank you. That's Thanks. it. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with James Gibson at Afloat Viva Mexico. You can check out all the goodness, and I have to say there is a lot of it on Instagram at afloat underscore Melbourne. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat and become a subscriber at www.conversationwithchef.com and I'd love it if you told a friend about my chats. Now, recently, as well as being able to follow me on Apple and Spotify, you can listen to the podcasts on Audible and on Amazon, Amazon Podcasts. Thanks again, though, for listening and have an amazing day. 
Bon appétit.